Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. And our top story today, a retirement exemption plan is a wedge between small and big retirement players. Well, joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Austin Ramsey is a journalist with Bloomberg Law. Austin, so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you for having me. And, and what I love about talking with you is, and, and is because in this first segment, we're going to get a little bit into the retirement ecosystem weeds for people. And I think that this is good knowledge for whether you're in the system or not, ecosystem or not. In the second segment, we're going to talk about some contribution limits and the impact on, on inflation. So let's talk about QPAM. Um, and before we get into what's happening here, there's some maneuvering going on about some ruling rules. What is QPAM? Yeah, you're, you're, not, uh, you're not joking when you say that, that QPAMs can kind of get in the weeds, but, um, but it's a really important part of the retirement industry that kind of goes unknown to retirees and even to some degree fiduciaries or retirement investment managers um, because, uh, because qualified professional asset managers or QPAMs really allow the retirement industry, the, the kegs in the wheel to, to work the right way. It kind of greases those wheels, if you will. So um, as, as many of your viewers uh, and, and you undoubtedly know, uh, the retirement industry is, is largely regulated in law by uh, ERISA, the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, which was passed in 1974 and has been uh, revised a number of times. Now, ERISA sets out in, in law a number of different what they call prohibited transactions between quote unquote parties of interest. Now, parties of interest can be really, really broad in the in the employee uh, retirement benefit space. Um, you know, it can be you know uh, an actual participant to a plan and any kind of company that that plan does business with, whether it be a fund that it's trying to invest in, or even if the the, the board of the retirement plan you know, buys a sandwich from Subway down the street. Technically, they have done business with that restaurant. And if, you know, one of the employees at the company has some type of connection with that business, a, a prohibited transaction could have occurred. And in the retirement industry, there's a lot of fear of, about making a prohibited transaction. And so in order to avoid uh, you know, triggering an audit or even a lawsuit in some cases, either by participants to a plan or the Department of Labor or the IRS, these retirement plans will often form contracts with QPAMs. And a QPAM is really just a proxy for a, 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 a management firm that is of a certain size and status. Now, there's a whole slate of rules that, that, that regulate what that size and status mean. But you're really looking for the big, big management companies. Think banks, um, you know, uh, Chase Bank, um, uh, Credit Suisse, these really, really big banks that are managing millions, billions of dollars in many cases. And, um, and that's important because that means that they have a very diverse 
set of clients and that the amount of money that they're collecting from one client, one particular retirement plan, isn't going to be so crucial, isn't going to be so important to their bottom line that they won't make uh, advice on behalf of that plan. They won't advise that plan to do things that would be in their best interest. It's ultimately going to be in the plan and therefore the participant's best interest. So that's really what a QPAM is. And with that, as and thank you for that. That was that was very concise and, and very interesting. I think very important as a level said. So let's mm-hmm. talk about what's changing here. And in the retirement industry, size can matter when it comes to scale. But first, what's changing? And then the second question, the follow up to that is, how does this impact smaller players in the marketplace? Sure. So. There's always been a question, you know, with the QPAM element, it's called a QPAM and exemption, exempting these big companies and therefore the retirement plans that they do business with from some of those um, prohibited transactions. Um, There's always been a question about how big is too big. And um, within the retirement space and really within the, um, the financial industry writ large, Some of these companies have gotten so big that they are doing business quite literally all over the world several times over. Um, And so one of the things that will kind of immediately take your QPAM status away, at least according to the Department of Labor, is if you, if any of your employees or any of your affiliates are convicted of a felony level crime that um, that usually is financial in nature anywhere in the world. And now that's different perhaps from a lot of other kind of legal exemptions within the retirement space and other elements of, of agency work at the federal level. It doesn't just count that it's a felony level conviction here in the United States. It's anywhere in the world. So if a big company like Goldman Sachs, for example, if one of its far-flung affiliates that has nothing to do with its U.S. retirement business, if one of those those far-flung affiliates, say in Singapore, um, if they're convicted of a crime, that means that the QPAM status for Goldman Sachs, the entire business here in the United States, could lose their QPAM status. That's really, really important because that means all of the retirement plans that do business with Goldman Sachs would have to end their contracts with Goldman Sachs. And therefore, all of those participants wouldn't have the advantages of scale that Goldman Sachs is able to provide, the advantages of of cost. Um, Often when you're doing business with a larger company, you're able to kind of scale down your costs because of that size. And so... um, And so the Department of Labor under the Trump administration had tried to amend those rules a little bit and say that foreign convictions, um, if they occurred in a different country, they wouldn't count. But the Biden administration, when they took over, it was pretty clear that they wanted to change that. They wanted to go back and say that a foreign conviction, a domestic conviction, it does not matter. If you're convicted of a felony, that's a problem when it comes to that QPM status. And so instead of just amending the rules and, you know, issuing an advisory opinion, which we see a lot in the regulatory space, they actually did this in a formal notice and comment rulemaking process. So they have issued a formal rule. They published it in the Federal Register, and they've said that foreign convictions are a no-go when it comes to your QPAM exemption status. But they they went a little further as well. They added saying that 
a deferred prosecution agreement. In other words, a, a position with a, a, a regulator or with some type, some type of justice department here in the United States or elsewhere, if you've sat down with them and said, okay, we have committed a crime or we've erred in some way, but if we agree to these certain set of you know, rules and regulations, we won't actually have to go to court. Those kinds of deferred prosecution agreements, those also will be no-goes when it comes to the QPAM ex exemption. And then they've added a whole plethora of kind of vague, uh, you know, lying to the department or making significant mistruths to the department. If you get over any documentation to the Department of Labor and, and, and any of that documentation is untrue or you made a, a significant error that would, you know, lead the Department of Labor in, in, the, in the wrong way or in the wrong direction, the Labor Department has said that they're, they're going to treat those also as no-goes for the QPAM exemption. And so it really has the, 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 the potential here to change the name of the game for the retirement industry because really big companies that have been relying on the QPAM exemption for a long time could risk losing that. And of course, as I mentioned before, this is the, the grease of, uh, behind the wheels that makes the retirement industry work. So there's, there's, there's some potential for some big problems here. Now, there are other exemptions that yep. big banks or big companies can use to try and get around those prohibited transactions in ERISA. The problem is, is that because the QPAM exemption has become so important, such a paramount part of the retirement at large, there is the, the potential here for as big banks decide, okay, the QPAM exemption is just too difficult to work with, and they try to transition to other exemptions, that smaller companies, these, these small companies that still qualify as QPAMs, but they aren't technically the big, big banks, but they still do business within the retirement industry. There's a potential here that they could be left out, that they would not be able to make that transition to some kind of other exemption because it would be very difficult for them to communicate with retirement plans that although they are a large bank or they are a large you know, money manager of some sort, that they don't qualify as a QPAM because they've decided not to qualify as a QPAM because they, they, they don't want to try to comply with all of these very, very arduous rules that the Department of Labor is trying to lay down. So the position that we find ourselves in right now is the Department of Labor has proposed this rule, and we expect there to be a lot of pushback from the industry. And the reasons for that are, are you know, multifaceted. Big banks don't want to make a transition, and if any kind of transition does occur, there's always that potential that smaller companies that really diversify the marketplace for retirement plans could be left out of the mix. Yeah, well, we're going to have to see how this plays out. And so just to re refresh the I've got to go to commercial break in a second, Austin, but just, you know, during this uh, proposal period, that's where the comments come in. Department of Labor reflects on it, uh, takes the comments and tries to reissue or change some of the rulings. So hopefully cooler heads will prevail here because candidly with consolidation going on in the industry, I think we need more opportunities, more options, not less. It's just going to further constrain things and, and you're going to drive people out of the of the uh, of the marketplace that have a important role to play, uh, maybe not with mega plans, but maybe with smaller plans. Austin, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, inflation on the rise. What's it mean for 2023 contributions to your 401k, 403b, or governmental 457 plan? You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM.
Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. This free book reveals little-known secrets about annuity strategies that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. Call right now for your free book. And as a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, both absolutely free, for calling Annuity General today. Call 800-504-8194. Welcome back. We're talking this morning to Austin Ramsey. He's a journalist with Bloomberg Law. Austin, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation. Yeah, this was this is good. And again, for the audience's benefit, whether you're in the industry, retirement or financial services industry, or you're not, this is the machination that goes on in the retirement ecosystem. New rules, regulations change all the time. They have an impact, as they do in other marketplaces. So Austin, really great to talk about that. Now let's talk about inflation. Uh, I don't want to necessarily talk to you about inflation because I think we're all experiencing it. If we travel using our cars, if we're going out to buy food or going out to dinner, we're feeling it everywhere. But right. this has an impact on the contribution rates for 401k plans in 2023. And you explored this. What can you tell us? That's right. So um, you, you, you're absolutely right that inflation is happening. I don't think that there's any way to get around that now. And, and we all know that. No one needs to explain that. Um, but what that ultimately can mean for retirees or individuals who are nearing retirement is that the uh, the buying power that they have with the income that they've saved up or perhaps even the income that they are going to get uh, through Social Security benefits, ultimately that income is going to have a lot less buying power. And so the Department of Labor and the IRS tries to get around that on a yearly basis by increasing the contribution limits, the amount of money that you can make on an annual basis to your qualified retirement plans at work. And so, um, you know, 
prior to COVID-fueled inflation that we had seen, these numbers hovered somewhere around the $20,000 mark. I think it was $19,500 before COVID-19 hit us. Um, After that, for the last two years, uh, the IRS uh, bumped that up a little bit and said that um, contribution limits could be $20,500 on an annual basis. Now it's looking like COVID fueled inflation is going to be so high this year um, that they could be bumping that up to $22,500 401k plans, uh, most 403b plans, and many 457 government plans. Um, Now, why does that matter? Well, it matters because that means that, um, you know, for individuals nearing retirement, if you have the capacity to save more perhaps you're going to need to do that. I know that that can be a really hard uh, thing to do. It ultimately means that you're going to have to sit, sit down with your, your monthly or your yearly budget and, and figure out how and, 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 and in what ways you can, you can amend that budget to, to make a little bit more of a contribution. But at the end of the day, that's important because it means that you will be able to stretch that retirement income that you're working on out just a little bit further. Um, Anytime, anytime that inflation is happening, it means that the amount of money that you think you have is not going to be as much when it comes to retirement. And we don't know when the war, for, for, for example, in Eastern Europe is going to end. We don't know when gas prices are going to come back down. So if you're nearing retirement, um, at least in the short term, that amount of money uh, is going to matter a lot. Yeah. And, and we've seen, Austin, Social Security, I think there's the uh, the thought there that the cost of living adjustment, the COLA, which is what this is kind of falls under, is going to go up for 2023 for people on Social Security. This is this is another example. As we talk about inflation on this program, uh, where where it kind of permeates, I mean, it, it, it filters down into retirement plans. Austin, as you said, not everyone can contribute up to the max. Look, there are many of us uh, who can barely contribute to a retirement plan, whether it's a 401k or an IRA. But I think the I, the takeaway here is that the cost of living is going to go up, at least in the near term, f- for retirement. You need to be prepared for that in some way, shape or form. So this is another opportunity to do that. That's right. Um, you know, you mentioned Social Security. Um Ultimately, a lot of federal agencies that are adjusting their yearly contribution limits, whether it be the Department of Labor, the IRS, even the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation that insures some of these big, big, big pension plans uh, within the private sector, they are ultimately looking to the Social Security Administration and the adjustments that they make on an annual basis to determine what kind of contribution limits they're going to set. And a number of, um, of crediting agencies and agencies, or even in some sec- in some cases, some private sector businesses that monitor the Social, Social Security Administration are looking at how much the um, the cost of living has, is changing, even on a monthly basis right now. Just this year in 2022, and they are projecting uh, a double digit. Uh, increase in the cost of living adjustment that the Social Security Administration has to make in 2023, ultimately the numbers that we're talking about here, 2023, um, somewhere around 10.2, 10 10.8, 10.3% cost of living adjustment, which would be by far the biggest adjustment that we've seen since many of these agencies ever 
begin, um, you know, monitoring this, the, the, the SSA and, and really before this, you know, this would be a, a record jump for the Social Security Administration um, by and large. So uh, if that happens, and we expect it probably will, because um, all of the data that we need and that the Social Security Administration needs to make these kinds of determinations, all of it except three months, three months worth of data is, is in. It's all there. Um, it's public data now. And so um, the only way that this would change is if, you know, gas prices fell, you know, significantly within the next couple of days. And I don't think anyone expects that to happen. I mean, sh certainly there's, there's some ups and downs there. Um, but look, you know, it costs more to buy a gallon of milk and a ga gallon of gas, and that doesn't seem to be changing at least drastically anytime soon. And so I think that retirees or people who are nearing retirement, they just need to kind of get used to the fact that the money that they're saving now, you know, $1 now is not necessarily, necessarily going to be $1 in the future. And the, the sooner that you get used to that fact, the easier it is to make make the decisions that are sometimes really hard to make uh, to, to ensure that you're not running out of money when it when it matters the most. Yeah, I think this is a look, uh, we can't there's nothing in, as individuals we can do about inflation, as you said. I mean, the Federal Reserve trying to clamp down with raising interest rates. But there are things that you can do from a budgeting perspective. And if you're a sponsor of a retirement plan, there's education opportunities here. I think we'll need to be talking about that on future shows. Austin Ramsey, so great to see you as always. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon, my friend. Thanks so much, Jeffrey. And uh, always a pleasure. That wraps up this episode of BRN AM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives? Check out our latest content. We'll visit our website and, of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.